The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Columbia Academy, Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, Zion Christian Academy, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, Coach's Corner, Fast Stop Convenience Stores, Lee Company, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. Specializing in orthopedic injuries, their ortho-quick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit them online at mtbj.net. From the Blue Raiders to the two-tone blue, covering the teams you care about. It's only on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Live from the Lee Company studio with the Hall of Famer Mo Patton, here's Chris Yao. Welcome back in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Glad to have you with us here in the 5 o'clock hour of this Tuesday edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Getting off to a good start here in week number three of high school football season, week number two of college football season, and week number one of pro football season. It's almost like they did that on purpose for us. <laughs> well, I don't know if they did it on purpose in terms of high school football, but I'm I'm pretty sure that pros stayed away <laughs> from Labor Day weekend with, with oh. all intent. No question. Yeah. So. Don't give yourself a chance to lose, right? <laughs> yeah, because they would have. Kind of like a lot of those uh, FBS teams did to – FCS teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't give yourself a chance don't to lose. Don't give yourself a chance to lose. Except. Unless you're the mid, Middle Tennessee State Blue Raiders who had no issue with the FCS perennial playoff contender Monmouth on Saturday. And joining us now is the voice of the Blue Raiders, Chip Walters, to talk about that. Chip, are you at the boulevard already? Uh, yes, I am. Ready for tonight. That's exciting news. They get you some apps yet? Like the Blue Raider app, or are you talking about the kind that uh, you shove down the old uh, the hole? B, no, the pile. I'm, I'm actually doing. I'm working. I'm setting up equipment and stuff like that. Oh so, goodness! Okay. It'll come later. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, hey man, we appreciate you taking some time with us. Um, Fifteen, fifteen. Blue Raiders take care of business on Saturday. Yeah, and uh, you know it was it, it was kind of one of those nights that was it was pretty satisfying because of exactly what you said went out. Uh, and as you would expect, you got uh, the best shot from a, a good team that has you know won back-to-back conference titles, gone to the NCAA playoffs, uh, and and they kind of threw everything at you and. You know, you got a new offensive system, and you didn't score in the first quarter, but got things, and really, I thought, very efficient uh, the rest of the way on out. And what they did, you know, in the in the second quarter, and you look at game management and clock management, things like that, they were able to maximize their possessions in the, in the second quarter and put 21 on the board uh, in the second quarter and really, you know, kind of uh, – you know, Wes and I talk a lot about it, you know, because I'm always aware. Okay, 
He's got the ball to start the second half. And, you know, can you get, it? you know, kind of two possessions for one here late in the half and, and put some points on it? And that's what Middle did. Uh, Bailey Hockman in his debut as the starter, uh, you know, looked, looked pretty impressive. Uh, about over 70% completion rate. And it was not all screens. There was there was a little more downfield. You had uh, some long balls, one to a touchdown to to uh, uh, DJ England Chisholm. That was just, I mean, he put it right down the chimney. And DJ got a foot in right inside the pylon to get the touchdown. Great, a really good catch. And and then you had uh, Jalen Lane who came up with some big catches. Uh, he was listed as backup receiver, but probably had the overall best night of a receiver, had a touchdown catch in there, another catch for about 25 or 30 yards, set up a touchdown. Uh, you know, the running back, kind of by committee, that was the if you put your finger on, is that Middle never really got that running game uh, to where, you know, you could you could hand it off two or three times, get a first down late in the game. Uh, they ended up with about 90 some odd yards of, of rushing net, and you know, uh, and, and that was that was enough to keep everybody honest. Um, Amir Rasul did look pretty good in his uh, in his opening uh, uh, debut as as a middle player, but uh, Shaitan Mobley probably had the couple of the most electrifying uh, runs uh, from the uh, from the running game. The former Fulton Falcon. Uh, middle had the ball first and oh first and ten first and goal at about the ten or, or first and ten at the eleven something like that and put in a wildcat uh, set and with Mobley uh, running it out of the wildcat and he picked up about five yards so it was at about the 14 15 yard line he picked up five yards got the ball to the ten and then they ran the same play again never touched went in for the score. Uh, you know, kicking game was strong. Uh, you got you, you scored points on a punt return. You had uh, you had uh, place kickers were perfect. They didn't attempt a field goal, but got all their um, all the extra points. So uh, you know there was there was work to be done. Uh, but but uh, you know when you have a game like that, you come out with a decisive win. Uh, it, it certainly uh, it certainly makes teaching on. Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, and Wednesday uh, a little more fun, and the guys now get set for a matchup with number 19, Virginia Tech, on Saturday. And a Virginia Tech team that um, is, you know, looked pretty good, I guess, this past weekend against North Carolina, but I want to go back just a second, Chip. You know, you mentioned Jalen Lane with the um, the touchdown catch. He also had a 70-yard punt return to get MTSU on the board on on to open the second quarter, um, what kind of spark did you feel like that gave the Blue Raiders and and an offense that uh, hadn't hugely. really gotten a lot done to that point? Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, I don't think it was a spark. I think it was a lightning bolt. And 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 Jalen, you're right. He, he you know he he scored in two of the three phases of the game himself and was our our built forward tough player of the game. Uh, but but you know when you anytime you get a special teams touchdown, it lights a fire under your ball club, and and it came at a perfect time. It, you know we were it was kind of a kind of a scrum back and forth between the two teams. Middle's defense was playing good, uh, offense was just you know 
waiting to get untracked. And, and, that, and you're right, that seemed to be the, the spark that got that done. I do want to go, I want to talk just a little bit about Bailey Hockman and Chase Cunningham. Hockman had a fantastic game, 17-22, 2-15, three touchdowns. Pretty good start for for the transfer. Was. Uh, it really was. And, you know, and, and he seemed, you know, both he and, and when Chase came in too, uh, they, they both – very much had a command of what they were doing. Uh, and when, when Chase came in, not a big drop-off. Uh, you know, he, he did what he does. And in that situation, uh, when he was called upon, did what he was asked to do. Then you Mike DeLello, kid out of uh, Atlanta, who's the third quarterback. Well, they used him as a wide out and a decoy uh, when they ran the Wildcat package. And he also came in and, and had some mop-up duty late. So going into it, we were told all three quarterbacks would play, and that's exactly what happened. You had three quarterbacks, about five running backs, and probably 10 or 12 receivers that all played in the game, and and uh, you know, everybody got involved. You know, it, what the thing is, it didn't make for great stats for you know any one particular running back or any one particular wide receiver. Uh, quarterbacks can have some some pretty good numbers, but you know when you when you buy in and you've got, and it's a team win like that, and and when people don't care about some of those things, then you've got something good happening. As you mentioned that, Chip, looking at the run game, um, no ball carrier had more than seven carries total. Nobody rushed for more than 27 yards. I mean, do you feel like as the season progresses, some of those – guys will get more work and will be more productive in the run game, 113 yards on the day. Yeah, you know, and, and I think so. And I think, you know, that that uh, uh, Brett Dearman is going to give those guys an opportunity for somebody to uh, to go right ahead and, 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 and grab some of that uh, who, who, you know, who, who can come in and and, you know, you produce, they're going to keep you out there. Uh, you know, I know that you, you know, you talk about staying, keeping backs fresh and all that, but if you get a guy that's got a hot hand and, and, and Dearman, when I talked to him last Thursday before the game, you know, and I asked him, I said, is it going to be running back by committee or, or are you looking for somebody to get a hot hand? He goes, yes. Uh, he goes, it, it'll be that. It, it will, it will be by committee until somebody does get, get, get to the hot hand and, and, and and I think that's a, I think that's a, a good healthy way to go at it, uh, and in that you know you, you you give everybody a chance you know if you can early to to uh, to shut the other other backs out and and I, I think you're going to see some good things out of Amir Frank Pizant sophomore out of Pensacola, uh, very very versatile and and physically just looks. Totally different than he did a year ago. He uh, he's really uh, and there's several guys that uh, got to give a tip of the hat to Matt Hickman in the weight room uh, that they looked really really good uh, from a physical standpoint. So uh, they got their hands full this week with uh, a Virginia Tech team that was kind of a throwback uh, to some of the some of the really good 
Frank Beamer teams. Uh, I mean, they gave up over 300 yards, but only 10 points to North Carolina. Um, and, you know, that's, that is kind of a, a throwback. Uh, Burmeister, their quarterback, uh, is, a, is a really good operator. Uh, you know, I'm not sure he's going to go out there and throw for 400 yards and win you a game, but he's not going to get you in trouble. And, uh, you know, the running backs, they, Blackshear, you know, had, had a good game for them. They've got a really good tight end, and they're just kind of locked down on, on defense. So, you know, middle's got to get creative, see what they can get done, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. And good early kickoff on Saturday, 1 o'clock, and it's going to be their whiteout day at Lane Stadium as they have a, uh, their uh, 9-11 uh, tribute uh, in recognition of 20 years since that tragic day. Wow. Um, I am glad that you took on Mr. Pizant's name because I never would have read it that way. So appreciate yeah. <laughs> the, the heads up on that. Has, um, has Owens scouted out some eateries for y'all up in Blacksburg? Well, you know, we're actually, uh, we're having Roanoke. And, uh, and so, uh, but yes, uh, he, he'll be over here after a while. So we do expect, uh, some amount of, uh, of, uh, intelligent from him. So we'll see. There you go. Chip Walters, voice of the Blue Raiders joining us on Southern Middle Tennessee sports today. Just want to throw this out there. We don't have, we don't have much time left. I just wanted to get this information out there. Bailey Hockman last year against Virginia tech, seven of 16, 82 yards, two interceptions. So hopefully, for the Blue Raiders, he will have a better outing in 2021. Chip, thanks so much for hanging out so. with us. I do want to throw one real quick thing. Go ahead. Peyton DePriest became the all-time leading goal scorer in uh, Conference USA history when uh, she scored a goal on Sunday afternoon against uh, Houston Baptist. Franklin, mm-hmm. right? Franklin yes. product yeah. there. So, well done, Peyton. And – Chip, again, well done to you. We appreciate your time. As always, we will talk to you next week. And, and you won't be as busy next week, hopefully, thanks to thanks to that Monday night, uh, Labor Day. You, you kind of had to pull double duty tonight. We appreciate you doing it for us. All right. Thank you, boys. All right. Chip Walters, Voice of the Blue Raiders, hanging out with us on this Tuesday edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. When we return, we're going to keep talking college football. Playoff predictions. After we've seen everybody play now, we were, I didn't want to do it before because I was like, ah, who knows? We'll talk about what the top 25 looks like as well. So come back with us. Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today returns to Lee Company Studio right after this. Hey, folks. While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Keep your home as comfortable as possible. If you have any issues with your air conditioner, electrical, or plumbing systems, call Lee Company. Our techs use visual findings and other technology tools to add transparency and clarity. 
You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on the roof. We're here 24-7, so if you need us, call us. Lee Company, call 931-548-4448 today or schedule your appointment at LeeCompany.com. That's LeeCompany.com. you care about it's southern middle tennessee sports today once again live from the league company studio with the hall of famer mo Patton. here's chris yow welcome back in southern middle tennessee sports today presented by mid tennessee bone and joint we are getting caught up from the weekend of college football as last night obviously we had that old miss louisville game and in the first segment, we got to talking about targeting and other penalties and whatnot. So we might as well continue that discussion, at least for just a few seconds. Because we got to do, there has to be some sort of nuance in college football when you're talking about certain penalties. And targeting needs, they need two ways of of doing you need a targeting one and a targeting two much like flagrant one flagrant two i know college football doesn't want officials to have to read minds i get that but i think it's obvious it's obvious when someone is launching and when someone is trying to make a tackle i didn't think the slide that matt corral did i I didn't think that i mean it was targeting because he hit him in the head but Corral slid awfully late. So both of those players were headed for the tackle and Corral decided, oh crap, let me get down. So I think there has to be some sort of intent or at least it has to look as though there is intent if we're going to do that. Yeah, I, I didn't. Uh, what? There you are. Hey, welcome back, Cotter. <laughs> Hey, we uh, got this far. That's pretty good. 90 <laughs> minutes before the first uh, microphone update. Oh, Mo, did you have something to say? You don't mind say? if I talk, do you? Yeah. Uh, I, I appreciate I, I mean, last time I looked, I was the Hall of Famer that you're referring <laughs> there to we go. as we come back in. There we go. Nice. Okay. No, I've lost my spot. <laughs> I, um, I did not see the Matt Corral slide, so I, I, I'm not really familiar with the play that you're referencing. But, you know, I just think that. As we were talking earlier, there are times when the offensive player, you know, consciously, subconsciously, unconsciously, kind of creates the targeting. And I think officials have to be at least aware of that when they're making a call that is going to result in a player not being eligible to play the remainder of the game. Or the first or half the of the, first next, half of the following week. game. Right. Yeah. 
so that's what I think the problem is. I think the, the ejection part of it is my least favorite part of the rule. So that's that's my real big beef with it. Now, as long as we're beefing about officials, well, you, I, I did mention that you know I think that we should wave off flags if you fair catch a punt because if the holding or whatever doesn't affect the punt mm-hmm. or the return, then if if there's no return for it to affect, then why are we why are we enforcing penalties? Yeah, I think that's logical. It, it just makes too much sense. And that's why it'll never happen. Yeah. <laughs> but Saturday, Sunday, 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 FAMU and Jackson State are playing. All right. Now you've got a, you got a situation where it's third and like four or five at like the 14 yard line. Guy from FAMU quarterback drops back, throws the pass. It's batted down about a yard downfield by by a defensive lineman no whistle is blown nobody Strike blows the whistle one, all right the way. so jackson state scoops it and scores now officials are taught to if you are not 100 sure let it play out we'll fix it on replay right and i'm okay with that i'm fine with that if that's the way you're going to do it the problem was that on third and four after this scoop and score Jackson State gets a little rowdy on the celebration because it's a scoop and score. It's a scoop and score from from ninety four yards away yeah, or no, whatever. It's like it was. Chip was just saying in the last segment, if you get a special team score, it tends to kind of juice things up a little bit. Same thing on a defensive score. I mean, anytime somebody that's not supposed to score, like scores, you know, big man it, touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. You get a little excited, so they get an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. Go back on replay, and it clearly shows. I mean, it wasn't even close. I don't know why they didn't blow the whistle because, I mean, his arm went all the way through. The ball was not batted down out of his arm. It was batted down in the middle of the air. So they don't blow the whistle. They throw the flag. Now, because they didn't blow the whistle and allowed the scoop and score to happen, which in turn turned into an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty after the play, it means half the distance to the goal. Automatic first Automatic down. first down. So <laughs> had FAMU ended up only kicking a field goal, which they would have at least attempted any, either way. But if they had scored a touchdown there, if I'm Coach Prime, I am. I will just tell you, if I'm Coach Prime, I get thrown out of that ball. <laughs> You'd have. And it wouldn't have been my first because I've had it happen. But it no, that's you're you are calling a penalty on a play that you consequently Say never happened. So you tell me how how, how we get penalized this if the play didn't fault. take place. This is your fault. Yeah. You caused this. So anyway, it there's there's that. Um if a penalty is called on a play that is consequently negated, then everything that takes place after that play should be negated as well. But yeah, it makes too much sense. Especially if it's, you know, because of the <laughs> that play. So, it, yeah, it's insane. But anyway, what? who are we, Mo? 
And what do we know? What do we know? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I I just thought I had I had to get that in there. But let's move on to the top twenty five because I got some bones to pick with this too. Well, of course you do. Didn't leave Oklahoma at two just because they were at two. They took into consideration that they beat Tulane by five and that Georgia beat in Norman. Yeah, and the, and the, and that Georgia beat Clemson, who was also a top five team. So at least they made the effort to do that. The problem is that that Georgia Clemson game was LSU Alabama two thousand eleven all over again. <laughs> so I'm not even sure that either one of them deserved to be where they are. Georgia now sitting at two, Clemson at six. Meanwhile, Iowa State dropped from 7th to ninth after winning, and, and Notre Dame went from ninth to 8th after going to overtime with Florida State. What is going on here? You got an answer? I, well, I've, I've got an idea. <laughs> have you got, have you got yeah. a, a thought? Uh, I do have a thought. My, my thought is that uh, based on the way that these teams looked, uh, I think uh, Notre Dame looked awfully, awfully good, and uh, so did Florida State. I know, um, <laughs> I, and you know, is Florida State ranked? They are now. Where twenty what? No, they're not. Are they not? Nope. I thought they were. Nope. Maybe they're. I don't think so. Nope. Florida State is not ranked. Got four votes. Four. They, they should have gotten some votes. They look like a top twenty-five team. Four. Auburn, meanwhile. Gets into the top twenty-five. I, I don't have I don't have last week's or the preseason top twenty-five to reference, but um, Penn State moves up from nineteenth to eleventh with their win over Wisconsin. I thought they could have. Been I, I thought that more. was good. I thought that I thought that was that's probably right. Now Iowa State, I, I will say Iowa State moved down too because they beat Northern Iowa by six points. But I, go. who looked better on Saturday, Notre Dame or Iowa State? I'm not saying that. I'm saying that the AP is at least taking into consideration what teams look like, and they're not. They're not just saying, "Well, we ranked them here, so that's where they got to be till they lose." Well, this is the week to do it as well. And I'm. I, I will give them credit for that. I'd agree with that. This is a week to do it. I mean, because this is the first time you've seen most of these teams, and and maybe even though some of them won, maybe they didn't look as good as you had anticipated. UAB got more votes than Florida State, by the way. UAB, who... Now, granted, they absolutely destroyed Jacksonville State, and in a week where FCS teams were... Won six games. <laughs> Won six games. I, I guess that's something to be there's something to be said for that. North Carolina still in the top twenty five after losing to Virginia Tech. Well, Virginia t- Tech now in the top twenty five yeah. at nineteen, two spots behind Coastal Carolina, who plays Kansas. which hosts Kansas on Friday night, and and I guess the Jayhawks are hoping that everybody's focus will be on high school football. Yeah. Instead of on their game in Conway, South Carolina. I guess they just couldn't turn down a trip to the beach because 
Sure. So Coastal, this is the third game of this series, this three-game contract, I guess. Um, Coastal wins 12-7 in Lawrence in 19. They won 38-23 last year. And the question that I tweeted out prior to the show, why did KU not buy this game out? Why would you play this game if you're Kansas? Yeah, you did ask that question. My my answer, since I'm answering both of your questions today. Well, thank you. Uh, was I'm you, just glad my mic is on. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, I, I think I think exposure is one. Uh, Coastal Carolina is is still a known team and a hot team and a team that uh, the one of the small college it teams. I think. Um, so there's there's that, and I, I think you're right. I think the trip to the beach. <laughs> I mean, and and two. Listen, you know, the first two games of this series were That's in why you March, played right? on Friday, Mo. So, so you, you got Saturday. Saturday. They, they were they were in Lawrence, were they not? Yes. The first, so I I think this is Kansas fulfilling their contract to go to Coastal because it's a big deal for a Power Five to go to Coastal. I, and I, and I appreciate Kansas for doing that because that that shows a lot of um, a little respect on their mm-hmm. on their part. So. I don't know when this game was scheduled. Well, I wonder if it was scheduled uh, the day after, because today is what the the seventh or eighth anniversary of the cat and dog <laughs> reference <laughs> from <laughs> one of their former coaches, Joe. Somebody I don't, I can't remember the last name. They were yeah. a Russell team back then, oh, so <laughs> who knows? He said he said we got a bunch of cats and we need to be dogs or something. Be it a was, dog. Be, be a dog. dog. And it was awful. D A W G. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, we got about three minutes, so let's go ahead. Let's get your college football playoff predictions. Hmm. I don't think anybody can touch Alabama. I'm not sure if Alabama shouldn't be one, two, three, four, and five. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure anybody else deserves to be in the top five at this point. Other than Alabama. <laughs> Other than Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to go with Alabama, and unfortunately, I'm going to go with Notre Dame because I, I, I don't see any reason that they don't get in at this point. I've got surprise, surprise UCLA. I talked about that yesterday, hmm. and Ohio State. Not in that order. Just yeah, that's your those four. Are my four. I've got. Two of the following three. All right. Alabama, Georgia, Texas, A&M. Two of those three. Two okay. of those three. Okay. I'll agree with you. Yep. We talked about that yesterday, too. Mm-hmm. A podcast is available. Go check it out. I've got Ohio State. Okay. <laughs> and then what? <laughs> and, and any two. Pick them. No. I've got Oklahoma. Or. That's four. You got no, two that's it. You got two. That's what I'm saying. I, I yeah, thought you were four. going. I no. you were, okay, so no, you got I've Oklahoma. Got, I've okay. got two of two Alabama. SEC, yeah. yeah, two SEC. Ohio State, Ohio and State, and Oklahoma. What do you got, JP? Um, it, definitely Alabama. Um, it, no matter what, Alabama's getting in unless yeah. they lose to. Mm-hmm. I think they lose at any point as long as they don't lose to anybody other yeah. than Texas A&M or Georgia. They're in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely Alabama. I I agree with you. I I think you have to consider Texas A&M and give them that chance to beat Alabama. Uh, I think you definitely have to. So I'm with you. Two of those three from the mm-hmm. SEC go. Uh, then Ohio State, although Penn State could sneak up. Could be. Um, but uh, you still have to put Ohio State right there now. And 
UCLA or Oregon. I mean, I I think I go west. Uh, I'm I'm not sold on Oklahoma yet, but well, I, 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 and I understand not being sold on Oklahoma, and I understand that Oklahoma has laid an egg every year they've gotten in. But if they but if they I'm, went out, they're in. You're right. I think I think the the committee is going to look for a way to get the Pac-12 in. And you know, I can see that. Fast Stop Markets is a full-service, family-owned convenience store chain located in 14 locations throughout Middle and West Tennessee. For those in our listing area, you can find them in Columbia, Centerville, Lawrenceburg, Spring Hill, Dixon, and White Bluff. Fast Stop partners with wholesale fuel brands like Shell, Marathon, and Exxon, delivering a consistent customer experience that is fast, friendly, and clean. If it's not already, it will soon become your go-to store to shop in town or on the road. Fast Stop Markets is proud to be keeping you moving in Tennessee. my mic on <clears throat> it's top five tuesday on southern middle tennessee sports today here's chris and Mike. welcome back into southern middle tennessee sports today presented by mid-tennessee bone and joint chris yow mopat and jp plant with you here it is time for a list i like lists at least top five lists on tuesday sucker Lists are suckers, and they are. It's okay, though. I ain't mad about it. I ain't mad about it at all. What, uh... You guys find any crazy, unique ones yet? No. Uh, it's my mic crazy. on. Yes. Your oh, okay. On. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's one. I got one interesting one, I think. Good. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty stoked about it. Well, we'll tell you that our top five list is brought to you each week by Mid-South Five Fitness. Mid-South Five Fitness with two great locations, one in Columbia, one in Franklin. Go see Thallus Steel. Check them out, steelathletes.com. That's S-T-E-E-L athletes.com. Again, Mid-South Five Fitness, proud sponsor of Top Five Tuesday. Fellas, any honorable mentions? Because I have one, well, Technically five, <laughs> but it's in one. It's okay. five in one. Go for it. I do not have any honorable mentions. All five wins for Sewanee, University of the South, hmm. in the seven-day stretch. 1899. <laughs> By the way, there's an article on The Athletic I, that I, came out. That's yeah. what reminded me of it yeah. I when that I that saw on that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. University of the South, baby. Charter member of the SEC. So, all five were upset. Well, I guess the fifth one was probably not as much of an upset as the first one. <laughs> but I don't know. They didn't, they didn't allow a point. So. It was 91 to nothing yeah. in those Yeah, that was, that was crazy. <laughs> it, it may have, the fifth one may have been as, as, as big an upset just because news didn't travel then the way it does <laughs> now. True. Maybe they hadn't heard about 
You know, they didn't have a chance to ask somebody. Sawani so wasn't bringing the newspaper with them, were they? Exactly. Yeah. So. They don't want you to know. Yeah, that element of surprise, man. <laughs> Shoot. There you go. Oh man. Anyway, yeah, that was uh, that was that, that's that's my honorable mention. So. All right. All right. I'll uh, I'll get it going with number five. How get about it going? It? All right. All right. Um, because I'm a Vandy fan, and because this is going to make me feel better. Number five is uh, Georgia State over Tennessee. <laughs> That's fair. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Carry on. I, I guess I kind of thought you might be going Vandy over Georgia in Athens. That was a big like, one. Yeah. But I don't know if that's top five. Yeah. I will go with my number five. I you saw got, that one coming, Mo. You got me, you got me a little flustered there. Mm-hmm. Um I would have to say, I, you know, Miami of Ohio has always had some some big big wins. I don't think any is as big as the '86 win over LSU. Uh, Terry Morris, who was the quarterback at Miami Ohio, uh, obviously LSU not a great not not an easy place to win, but uh, Miami of Ohio gets a 21-12 win. At LSU in 1986, that was not a great LSU team. It wasn't. I but think it's they still... were in a little bit of turmoil there. It seems like they had a coach fired the year before or something like that. I'm, I'm and I'm not an expert. I just mid 80s. I remember that they had a lot going on down there. So there's always but, a lot going on down there. Well, that that is true. Um, my number five and. It's probably not as big an upset now as it was then, but um, Boise, 43-42 over Oklahoma in overtime at the 2007 Fiesta Bowl. That was a big one. I think that was as Boise was starting to get on the map. Maybe that game put them on the map. So. Yeah, the, the bigger upset may have been she said yes mm. to the marriage proposal. <laughs> and they're still together. That's, there Are they? They are, That's in cool. fact, still Love together. It. Thirteen right. years. So, all right, uh, number four, Chris. This one's for you. Jacksonville State over Ole Miss. Thank you. You're welcome. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Go Gamecocks. Stay cocky. Yeah, always. So, and he does. Yes, I do. Um, my number four. <laughs> My number four is UCLA over Alabama in 2000. Coming off the SEC championship and the Orange Bowl lost to Tom Brady in, in Michigan, Alabama ranked number three in the country, goes out to the Rose Bowl. Freddie Millens returns the opening punt, returns a punt for a touchdown on the first time that Alabama touches the football, and they got rolled after that. It was absolutely <laughs> nuts. My grandmother was there, and she was ticked. You want to talk about mad? She was mad, boy. Wow. Oh. My number four, and I'm not sure that the number five team in the country winning at home qualifies as an, as an upset, except when that number five team is Texas Tech, and the team they're beating is number one Texas in 2008 when the Red Raiders and Michael Crabtree came back to um, – to win 39-33. Well, that was a good game. That was a hell of a game. Yeah, absolutely. 
All right, uh, number three. This uh, was the last SEC team to lose to an FCS before Saturday night on West End. Um, but uh, <laughs> I honeymooned in Charleston oh. and uh, did a did a few uh, worked a few college football games um, down at the Citadel. So the Citadel over South Carolina. Uh, but uh, that's my number three. Not the Citadel over Arkansas, which resulted in the firing of Jack, Jack Crow, Crow and the uh, ascension of Joe Kynes. Greatest interview in the history of college football. Joe Kynes against Texas Tech when Alabama beat him in the, the Cotton Bowl. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> yeah, that, I didn't know Joe Kynes was the guy who took over. for, But for, I, I looked it up yeah. a, like a couple of weeks ago. Because I, for some reason, I don't even remember why I was looking it up. But yeah, Joe Kynes was actually the interim coach there. He took Ar- over after Jack, Jack Crow got fired. Uh, yeah, on a Monday. <laughs> they were like, dude, you can't lose to – you." it's bad enough to lose to, to a service school, but if you lose to one in the F's in Division One AA, mm-hmm. you got to go. AD wants to see you. <laughs> and bring, bring your, your playbook. playbook. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, My number three is the 41-point dog Stanford Cardinal over USC ooh, in 2007. That was because, I mean, USC was still on that run. Mm-hmm. And that was like the big, big deal. That's that's really how Harbaugh, right? That's Wasn't really he? how Florida kind of, yeah. Harbaugh, Harbaugh was the coach. coach. Yep. That's really how Florida kind of ascended into the BCS talk there because of that game. My number three, TCU. Don't call them Texas Christian. Winning at number seven, Oklahoma in two thousand five, seventeen, ten. Was that an uh, Andy, Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton led hmm. Horn Frog team. I could have been. It could have been. Could have been. That sounds about right. With that sounds time about card. right. Yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, number two happened this past weekend. The Grizzlies of Montana over Washington. Hmm. That's a bit. Washington was ranked, and Washington and, was ranked. Uh, Washington was picked by several to win or at least compete with Oregon for the. Pac-12 North. Well, you know, and they still can. And that was the <laughs> that 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 was the first win for Montana in that series in like a hundred years. It or, feels a bit less likely. Yep. <laughs> I, I agree. Yes, <laughs> technically speaking, yes. Ty Gunn was the starting quarterback for TCU. Oh wow, in that man! I hadn't heard that name in forever. That was, and he was he was a lot of fun to watch. Adrian Peterson was on that OU team though. <laughs> yeah, not the other Adrian Peterson. Uh, no, not the Georgia Southern Adrian Peterson. <laughs> who no. is who also very good running back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So oh. I'm with you here. Right, hey. <laughs> My number two, I don't know how much of an upset you can call it, but it, Well then what's it doing here? I mean, you're you're gonna know. You're gonna you're gonna understand me. The ninety three Sugar Bowl, Alabama over Miami, was a massive upset. In that world, in that time, nobody saw that coming. Mm-hmm. And Alabama went in there and just absolutely destroyed Miami. Yeah. So that's my number two. That's fair. Well, and and play that one, ran them down from behind. When, uh, when, yeah. George Teague, baby. George Teague, yeah. When, when you say that, probably should have been on my honorable mention. But at the time, I didn't consider it an upset. But Tennessee beating Miami 35-7 mm-hmm. in the 80s. 
six Sugar Bowl yeah, following the, the 85 season. Sugar Bowls, yes. Uh, it, well, and on that same note, you know, LSU beating Tennessee in the 01 SEC championship game, which is the beginning of the end. Mm, too uh, soon. And at, still right, still soon. 20 years yeah. later. 20 years, yeah. I'll <laughs> never forget when when Rohan Davey went down, I was like, oh, we got this in the back. We, we playing for the Natty. Uh, we playing for the Natty. Uh, and the they, Matt, Matt, Matt Malk. Matt Malk Natty said, Malk. not so fast, he said, my friend. <laughs> yeah, Natty like, Malk. Dude, are you kidding me? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So my number two is 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 kind of near and dear to my heart. Benny Cunningham rushed for 217 yards and five touchdowns to lead Middle Tennessee State to a 49-28 win at Georgia Tech, September 29, 2012. Big one. That was big. That was big. Yeah. They got I'd some. Forgotten about that one. They got some national run off of, out of that one. Yeah. yeah. All right, uh, number, number one. one. Number one, um, no shocker here, App State over Michigan. Michigan, of course, you know, number five, the Mountaineers. Yeah, <laughs> no, no shocker there. Listen, I, it's an upset. It really is. But Appalachian State was a perennial powerhouse. So it was Michigan. In the FCS. And I know Michigan was number five. So I get it. Michigan. But, like, it wasn't, ET, it wasn't East Tennessee Thank State you. or anything. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> well, I I think it was because while Appalachian State was a powerhouse, I, I think the gap between Appalachian State and Michigan was probably bigger than ETSU. Oh, and, definitely. And yeah. that team. Maybe, maybe not. My number one, uh, JP. Oh, we know who your number JP one is. JP already stole my thunder, but it's okay. Jacksonville State, Ole Miss, Cody Blanchard, fourth and like 30, finds a way to score. It was great. I'm I'm rolling with JP over here. App State, 34-32 in the big house. That's I don't I just don't think it gets any bigger than that. Hey, I can I can certainly see. I mean that's that's number one across the across the the world. I mm-hmm. mean if you if you look up any list, that's going to be number one. Yeah, the only thing that could be any bigger is if uh, one of these one uh, AA FCS schools goes into Bryant Denny and beats Alabama right now. Yeah, if, if Mercer if Mercer was to win mm-hmm. on Saturday, that'd be pretty big. But uh, you're right. <laughs> Let's get out of here. He said begrudgingly. <laughs> it's top five Tuesday. Mid-South 5 Fitness, thanks to Thales Steele for hanging out with us there. Um, we got a big show tomorrow, too, as we get a chance to talk to Terry Wilcox. We'll get NASCAR. We'll talk some more. Um, we'll hopefully have another guest. I'm going to ask Mo to uh, secure that when we get off the show because I want to talk some more Titans, etc. Of course, we got Braves. And it's Wild and Wacky Wednesday, so plenty of great stuff to talk about tomorrow. So come back as we get you ready midweek. Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. I can't read that. Read that. Hurry. Oh, I can't. UT is back. They beat Bowling Green High School. That's right. UT is back. Mm Mm-hmm. It is what it is. If we can play Kenwood and beat the Gators, if that's what it takes, I'll I'll do it. Greenwood. Whatever. That too. Come back tomorrow. Same bat time, same bat channel. Four o'clock.
Thank you for listening to the Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast brought to you by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. If you'd like to hear us live each and every weekday, tune in from 4 to 6 p.m. on WKOM 101.7 FM in Columbia. Also visit www.sm-tnsports.com for the most comprehensive and timely coverage of high school sports in and around Southern Middle Tennessee.